0: Tonight, I want to share with you, I uh, pray that you'll uh, let God speak to your heart and keep the faith. There are times that the best and most mature believers, that could be you, that you feel alone. You feel like that you've given your best effort and you feel like that you just are out there by yourself. You feel sometimes maybe the best and mature that God doesn't hear. He hasn't answered prayer, nothing has changed Did you been praying and things are not looking better, they're looking more bleak. The enemy will lie to you and say, well, your prayer doesn't work. You just keep praying, go on and do something else. Or not only that, having devotions. I dug into devotions and I gave it my best effort over a period of time. And the reality is, Fui on devotions. I thought I'd get close to God. All I'm feeling is, is resentment and fear and all my efforts of trying to be the kind of Christian that, that God would be pleased with doesn't seem to make my life better or easier. Or you get to the place and you really do come to the understanding nobody really cares. No one really, really cares. May I just add a little Touch there some people most people have so many of their own problems that they'll care for you for a little bit and then they go right back to feeling the way that you felt when you felt no one cares or or you feel like people take advantage of you often in times we're being attacked from several areas we're attacked emotionally that is to say wow when you're facing financial challenges and things have turned upside down, you, you face an emotional challenge. You face a sickness. You face a large bill. You face a breakdown, and you're already functioning financially by a thread, and the air conditioner blows up. And you think, wow, duct tape cannot help that anymore. Just isn't going to do the job. How are we going to manage that? Have you checked the price of air conditioning lately? It's expensive. Or oh, the roof begins to leak. Your patch, of course, your roof begins to look like a quilt that is patched together with different color shingles. And you step out and you go to church and you come home and you take a look and say, what in the world is, is going on? You become physically exhausted. We work ourselves We work ourselves into physical exhaustion. At least most people do. There are some that do not. But most people I know say, buddy, i want to get out there and get it. And then you wonder, I'm being attacked or I'm being tested by God. And you feel like it is an attack of the enemy against my soul. We know the devil doesn't like you. He doesn't like me. There are people that are not the devil and they don't like you but I've come to the realization it's not important for you to believe that everybody ought to like you. If you've got a type A personality, just face the music. Not everybody is going to like you. They're not going to like your drive. They're not going to like your way. They're not going to like the way you view life. They're just not going to like you, but that's okay. That's okay. If your security is based on what somebody else thinks about you, you're already in trouble, friend. Come on now. Here's what I found out. When these things happen, we lose our passion, we lose our enthusiasm, our motivation to be effective for God. We lose that drive. The church becomes, okay, a bore. Well, you're talking about the bride of Christ. You're talking about the bride of Christ. You say, wow, he says, hey, that's my church. You look and you think, wow, I've lost my motivation to even get up and wanna do anything about devotions or, or cross any way of reaching lost people. And we shift into what I call a mental function instead of a personal relationship, a mental function. Everything begins to beat between our ears. Our brain gets weary. Our nerves get on the last nerve easily. Do you know anybody I'm talking about tonight? You get to that place, and I mean, if you talk to somebody very long, they're going to strike out at you, or they're going to share the gloom and doom and agony on end. But if you remember, that most important thing that you have is your personal relationship with Jesus Christ. I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice that personal relationship, that aggression toward God. That is David said, as a deer panteth for the water, my soul panteth for you. What is the enemy's job? To keep you away from that area, to keep you away from that atmosphere. But listen carefully, Jesus is as sweet today as he was the first day that you met him, amen? And he gets sweeter and sweeter and sweeter. Come on, as the days go by. I might break out into a song before you know it. And here's what else I found out. God's not nervous about what we're going through. And he's not going to forsake us. And he's always waiting to do this for us to surrender. Another old song of the church. We sang one this morning. I surrender all. I surrender all. All to thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender. That is a purposeful, dedicated, willful effort that says, God, I don't want to look at what I'm facing. I simply want to surrender and I want you to fall upon me and once again give me the desire to be motivated. He is in control. Say that with me. He is in control. So what do we do about that? How do do we accomplish endeavoring to get what we need in those times and say, God, I'm praying but there's nothing that's happening. How do you get beyond that? How do you shift into the belief system that says, God, every prayer I've ever prayed, you, I know that you hear it, and I know that you're aware of it. I'm going to trust you. My mother was in the second service this morning. She turned uh, she turned 89 the other day, last week, I guess. And uh, so we went to lunch with her, and she said, did you see me come to the altar this morning? She has a walker. I said, Mother, I I didn't see you. Well, I went to the altar. I said, Hallelujah, Mom. All those years I've been praying for you, and you finally have gone to the altar. No, she said, I'll tell you what I wanted. I wanted to get down there and let them anoint me with oil. That's all I wanted. She said, I went down there, and she said, a bunch of people gathered around me, Kelly, and they anointed me with oil. And she said, and I feel better. I said, well, praise God. May I tell you something? We used to believe that the altar happened to be where the answer to everything we need can be found. We used to believe. We used to believe that, God, if I can touch the hem of your garment, I'm going to be made whole. We used to believe that if we whisper the name of Jesus, every power of hell would flee and that God would come down and meet our need. May we believe that again. What say you, everybody? Do you believe believe that by the grace of God that a 89 year old woman she said I got an anointed and it touched me how wonderful is that seek God I love the story that I've told of a young boy traveling he's flying so therefore he'd be on an airplane he's going to visit grandparents summer's coming up happened to be seated beside a seminary professor you can name one he had his Sunday school paper in his backpack, pulled it out, and began to read it. And the old seminary professor looked at him and thought, I'll have some fun with this boy. And he looked at the boy, and he said, hey, son, if you can tell me something that God can do, if you can tell me something God can do, I'll give you a shiny apple. Little boy paused for a moment. He came back. He said, well, I'll tell you what, sir. If you can tell me something God can't do, I'll give you a whole barrel of apples. Hello? What's wrong with that kind of faith? You just tell me anything God can't do and I'll give you, listen, God is in the can-do business, my friend. I'm I'm talking to the church. I'm talking to some of you who's been beat up. You've been drugged around. You've been bruised. But tonight, God is going to give you the faith to say, oh, I believe. I believe by the grace of God. What is it that God cannot do? He can do everything. So we have a text tonight. It's Acts 10, verse number two. Said he, talking about Cornelius, and all of his family were devout and God fearing, and he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. Wow, what a man, Cornelius, the centurion, the high ranking army officer, very devout, a religious man, consistent in religious practices, and led his family in religious routines but he practiced polytheism. It meant, hey, I'm going to worship many gods. If Jehovah works, if Baal works, if another works, but he was into whatever he thought, and something is bound to work. And that was his challenge. And he brought confusion personally. It's kind of like you find out you've got something, and you begin to Google, and you Google, I'm telling you, if you Google very much, you'll be the most confused person that ever walked on the face of the earth. And before it's over, you go find Lou Hall down at Gentry Morrison's and say, prepare my funeral, okay? I think I'm going to die. Why is that? You just have information overload. And Jesus is saying, come on down to the altar. Let me clear your mind. Let me give you a confidence. Am I talking out of school? Let me clear your mind. Let me give you a confidence. Let me remind you who you are. Let me tell you how I feel about you. Let me encourage you. Let me strengthen you. If you will give me time, I will take care of it. Cornelius, of course, brought confusion in his own life. And you see that Cornelius was like many in our world today, searching for truth and they're void of personal relationship, and they have a desire, I want a greater meaning in life. So what do you do? You go find something to drink. You find some kind of something, a false hope, false security, and you begin to believe it, and you cast yourself into that thing. You can be sincere as possible and be sincerely wrong unless you allow the Holy Spirit to direct you. Come, Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit of God, come down in the midst of my mess and begin to do a work in me. Holy Spirit, don't let me get hard and callous. Don't let me get ill. Don't let me get edgy. Let me relax in the peace of God that passes all understanding. And here's what the devil will do. I I shared it with you early, 2 Corinthians 4, 4. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is in the image of God. That's why we need to pray. Cornelius was a good man, but he did not. Here's what he did not. He did not have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. There was no passion for God and his church. There was no passion for lost humanity. He would have made a great church leader under normal circumstances, but he wasn't plugged in to the dynamics of a personal relationship with God. And when you have that personal relationship with God, my friend, everything flows through the prism of God's love in your life. The love of God reached out and touched him because of one thing Cornelius was hungry for the truth, and he was hungry for the true God, and God answered. So here we are in Matthew 7, 11. If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? I want to pause. Now I'm continuing now. There's nothing under the sun that God would rather do than to heal you and to make a way where there is no way. There's nothing that God prefers more than to wrap his arms around you and love you. There's nothing more that God desires to do than to lift you out of the muck of doubt and unbelief and challenge and set your feet upon the rock of solid understanding to say to you, I've not forsaken you. You seek me while I may be found. You see, when a believer determines to seek God in any situation, it informs the enemy with actions of faith. Then and only then can God move on our behalf. So I pray and I ask you, wherever you're at in life, whatever challenge, whatever is the great need in your life, began to turn that once again to God. God knows how to send sales into your business. He knows how to give you financial relief in your family. He knows how to buoy you up and give you a divine anointing of healing. He knows how to take your headache away and give you a heavenly touch by the grace of God. But what does it take? Cornelius sought God, even though it's polytheism, and he did not understand it, but God said, hey, there's a heart. That is hungry. That heart is hungry. That heart is surrendering. And I'm not about to let that go by. God will move your mountain. Would you say that with me? God will move your mountain. How many of you have, you've been a mountain climber. May I see your hand? I climb them all the time. I climb them up and climb them down. I don't know if it's harder to go down than it is to go up. Somebody help me. Hello? I think when I'm going up, it's hard. But then when I s- decide to go down, that, that's harder, I think. Harder? Are you with me? How many believe going up is hard? How many think going down is hard? You are absolutely right, all of you. Both are hard. You take what's bothering you. You take what you consider your giant to be. You take whatever causes you anxiety. You take that which the enemy just chisels away at you. And you tell him right now, Satan, you're a liar. My God can move this mountain because I say so. By the word of my mouth and the words of my testimony, in my faith, you see, a number of years ago in Salem, Kentucky, there was a des- deserted zinc mine that the rocks caved in and trapped all the guys who were the miners. One guy could have gotten away, but when he saw what was happening, he ran back to them and to tell them to be careful. Well, they were trapped from Friday until Sunday. Couldn't get out. Came to the realization: there's no way we're going to escape. They began to pray. And they begin to sing. That's what Paul and Silas did, isn't it? They begin to pray and they begin to sing. And then they begin to sing and they begin to pray. And when they begin to pray and sing, they had a prayer and praise service that lasted 53 hours. 53 hours. Praying, praising, singing. On Sunday, 53 hours later, they were rescued. They began to tell the stories about how every single one of them began to confess all the barriers in their life. And how that they had not trusted God and how that they had taken him for granted. They figured, hey, if we're going to die, it's just simply time to come clean. And on their hats, it says when they were were rescued, on all of their hats, on that Sunday morning when they pulled out on every one of their hats, they had these words written. If we are dead when you find us, we are all all saved. All saved. All saved. All saved. Listen. Jesus has a way to move your mountain he has the ability to whisper to you prayer and praise the Bible continues in that story in Acts 10 <coughs> I don't know which way to cough I forget where this is at so you forgive me I don't I don't want to you know be so obvious that like turn it off like that says one day about three in the afternoon right in the middle where around the world turns was coming on (laughs) he had a vision when you're praising and you're singing you'll have visions He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. God knew his name. When God saw the desire and the hunger of Cornelius' heart, he went into action. He gave Cornelius that vision. God asked Cornelius to send someone to Joppa, to Simon the Tanner's house, and to ask for Peter. But this is what God said. Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. How does that happen? Because anything you do that is good is seeded out of the heart of God. Anything that does bad is seeded out of the heart of the enemy. What he was doing was good, he didn't have a handle totally on it, but God said, Hey, he's my creation. My creation has lost his way, and now he's doing what he knows to do, which is a heart of righteousness and rightness. And God touched his heart and saw his need and began to move the mountain. And not to mention that God had an agenda out of Cornelius' need. And don't ever forget that God may be doing something spectacular to accomplish his divine will. You just happen to be the one that's along for the ride. And Cornelius, in that situation, God began to speak to him. Romans 8:26. in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness, we do not know what we ought to pray. You ever been there? ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express." When you begin to pray and praise and you begin to surrender to God, here's what God will do. God will give you a Holy Ghost atmosphere, hallelujah, that will cause you to begin to intercede and God will open his heart and open his ear and say you don't even know what you're praying but it sounds pretty good to me and you shift into a prayer language, here's what God will do. God can communicate with you through the divine anointing of the Holy Spirit and when you don't even know how to pray, don't feel like praying. God says, I want you to know I'm going to move in your behalf. Have we forgotten that? Have we given up on that? Have we walked away from that? Some of you in this room are so poised to be used by God in a supernatural way, it will happen if you just say, I've got an opportunity to surrender in prayer and praise. If God would move a mountain for an unbeliever, how much do you think he'd do for you? Oh, I've been in those places. a back against the wall, the hard place. God knows your heart. He looks at the devil and says, well, your heart ain't nothing but rotten through the core. Yeah, but it's been redeemed. Amen. It's been redeemed. Yeah, it's been redeemed. He knows your thoughts. He knows your spirit. He knows who you are. He knows under normal circumstances the kind of life that you live. He sees every single tear. He knows your frustration to the moon, Alice. He knows your weakness. He sees the great potential in you. And here's what God, he created you and said, I desire to do something supernatural and miraculous through you. If you come to the understand of how it works, seek God and believe that he'll move that challenge in your behalf. Some of us need to wake up spiritually. We need to re-energize and let the passion of the Holy Ghost come into our lives. It will heal you. It will anoint you. It'll change your attitude. It'll get into your spirit and create a brand new you. Hallelujah. You don't have to be an old tired horse that you can't accomplish anything. God anymore God's got an anointing on you and God is sensitive to our needs how many of you know someone that's sensitive may I see your hand I mean in a positive way better stay away from her now buddy she's real sensitive boys you know throw a piece of meat piece of meat in the house and if she bites on it you better stay outside you say you talk about the women well, let me tell you about the men. The men just shut up and be quiet and sit out in the pickup truck, listen to their music. Acts 10, 10 and 20. God prepared Peter's heart. So if God's got your need and he knows, he reaches over to Peter. He gives Cornelius the vision. He removed the barrier prejudiced out of Peter. And Cornelius, we were over in Israel a couple weeks ago now, was the very first convert of the Gentiles. The very first. God moved a large mountain in Peter's life to allow him to minister to Cornelius. And we must remember that as we seek God, then it becomes God's responsibility to begin to meet the need in our life. He will. He will meet that need. We understand. He will move the mountain of doubt and fear. Some of you are so irritated, so aggravated, so on edge. You haven't had a joyful moment, and I don't know how long, because that cloud that you let hanging over you seems to dominate your life. I'm telling you, speak in the name of Jesus for that cloud to move and do an inside job through the power of the Holy Spirit. Find you a place to get to praying and get to believing and get to singing, and you'll begin to see that old cloud get out of the way. Somebody say amen. But oh, we'd rather sit around and whine. I don't like being around a bunch of whiners. How about you? Three of you. I'm going to start a new whiners club. Responsibility. Move the the mountain of fear, move the mountain of opposition and prejudice and satanic strongholds. Our responsibility is to say, God, I believe. I believe. I, I got this, Father. I believe by the power of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit said to Peter, while Peter was still thinking about the vision, that's Acts 10, the Spirit said to him, you say, the Spirit, how does the Spirit speak? He speaks. He may not come up and say, Hello. But the Spirit speaks to you. As he was still thinking, the spirit began to permeate his being. And he said, Simon, three men are looking for you. So get yourself up and go downstairs and don't hesitate to go with them. For I have sent them. And God, tonight in moving your mountain is sending a message to you or sending someone. Finally, God hears our hearts cry. He hears our hearts cry. Wow. How wonderful when we just talk to him. Acts 10, 25, Peter entered the house. Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. Often when a person is so hungry, weak, or afraid, he can only whisper. Peter came to Cornelius' house. Peter the fisherman, he didn't know what was going on. It made him very uncomfortable when Cornelius fell down at his feet. He said, hey, get up. I'm not worthy for anybody to fall down in front of me at my feet. Here, get this now, was Cornelius, a high-ranking officer who had the authority to take Peter out. And he falls at the lowly man of God. Cornelius had his family gathered out of anxious anticipation. And he realized that he was not worthy of such divine intervention. And he realized that Peter represented being a Jew, was putting his own life in jeopardy by even coming to his house. But he knew that he had a desire to receive something beyond his comfort zone. And Cornelius knew that he had cried out to God many, many, many times. And the Bible said in Acts 10, 34, then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right So what should we conclude from the story here of Peter and Cornelius? Seek God. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. God, you're here. Holy Spirit, you are in this place. Invade the heart of every person. Number two, God hears every cry, sees every tear, even though the enemy will tell you you are not worthy. God has his hand on you. And he will move mountains if you are sincere about that need. God says, I'll meet the need. You've got to work as if there is no tomorrow, but I'll move the mountain. And then all Christians, we need to be available and say, God, Holy Spirit, use me. God will meet you right where you are right now if you ask with sensitivity of the need. So we have seen many things take place and so many mountains that God has moved over a period of many, many, many years. And I've watched God move in the lives of individuals over and over and over again. And I've seen how he works. I've also seen individuals that were raised in the church. And oh, when they got up to the maybe 18 years of age or more, they, they thought they didn't need God and didn't need the church. And they go their merry way and start living it up the way that they could never do when they were in church. And I've watched as we prayed over them. And I've watched moms and dads pray over them and present them. And I've dedicated some of them to the Lord. But I've been around long enough. That eventually they ran into something they couldn't manage. And the first place they come back to is the church of Jesus Christ. Mom and dad, I've been an idiot. And I have abused the privilege of you being, or you raising me. But I need help right now. That is the God. That we serve friend nothing is too far out there that God cannot redeem Isaiah forty one ten. he says so do not fear for I am with you do not be dismayed for I am your God I will strengthen you and help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand do you receive that yes. I believe you do let's stand to our feet would you do that Heavenly Father I thank you for loving me and loving this congregation and loving these people. I believe that if we just remember to keep the faith, God, you can uh, answer. There may be financial needs. God, to some, a financial need is $10,000. To some, it's a dollar bill. For your dollar short, if that air conditioner crashes and you don't have a few thousand dollars, then, wow, that's a big old need. God, the car's been running. You already got 120-something thousand miles and the transmission goes. And you think, "Well, wow, what am I going to do? Well, God, here's what we knew. When the church functions like we know that it should, other people realize the need of our brother, sister in the Lord. And we're always there to try to help any way that we can. And God, I pray there's some relationally going through some very serious relational problems. And, God, they're already bent, as some would say, hell-bent on this is what I want to do. But, Holy Spirit of God, if we seek your face, you are the great healer, and you can turn water into wine. If you can turn water into wine, you can turn a person into a different individual as they listen to you. So I'm asking you now, would you speak down to all of us? Let the Holy Spirit be so real to us. Would you give us a genuine experience? Would you allow us to lay that tension that really weights our shoulders and our neck down? Would you allow us to just lay that on the altar? Would you allow us, God, to just just resonate with the delivering presence of the Holy Spirit? And God, would you in some way or another begin to build our faith as we seek you in Jesus' name? For those of you who may not be right with God, those of you that are listening online, and maybe your heart, you're just out of whack with Jesus, and you need to be redeemed tonight. You need to seek forgiveness. I want to ask you to repeat this prayer. Would you do it with me right now? Here we go. Heavenly Father, Heavenly Father I thank you for Jesus Christ. You for Jesus Christ. Lord, Jesus, Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying for my sins. I, thank you for for I, believe, sins. By I believe by faith you are my God. I believe believe that you sacrificed sacrificed for my soul. soul. So tonight tonight, I surrender to you. I I believe by faith faith. there is nothing you cannot do. Nothing Nothing is impossible impossible with you, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Do something in me that that will cause me me to be a person of faith. faith. In Jesus' name, name. amen. Here's what we're going to (coughs) do. The pain and anxiety of the challenge that you face is there by the powers of darkness. The doubt and the fears and the questions that you have are there by the power of the enemy of your soul. Listen carefully to my spirit. I bring peace, not anxiety. I speak truth to you, not lies. I speak health to you and not sickness. If you will listen, I will take you down a path that you refuse to go down because of stubbornness. But if you'll release to me your life and this situation, I'll bring to pass a miracle that you never even thought was possible. If you trust me and lean on me, I will bring to pass a miracle that will take you into your future and change the perspective of your entire life from this day forward. Father, we claim you and your word in Jesus' name. Here's what we're going to do. We believe that God spoke to us through the Word. And maybe God spoke to you just now. And so here's what you have to do. If you desire to be in God's will, be obedient. Be obedient. You know who will try to keep you from being obedient? The enemy himself. That's where disobedience comes from. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to guide you right now as we worship in this room, then I'm here to tell you, you make your move toward God. And God will, in fact, give you a new vision for a new future and a dynamic healing and turn the pain of your life around and create health and strength in every area of your life. We'll wait on you. Altar workers are here. You come before we go to the benediction. We'll wait on you for God to touch you. Would you move now, please?
1: darkness, my God that is so you are. we make a miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my God that Hallelujah. is
0: you your you leadership help us now come on we down leaders a, we
1: make a miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness that is who you are Hallelujah
0: Thank you, Jesus. Would you lift your hand in this direction, everybody out there? Please do that. Heavenly Father, we release to these in this altar right now health, strength, and healing. We arrest their unbelief. We arrest every lie of the enemy. We declare that the enemy is a liar and has no place. We declare that, God, you have spoken to us. We receive your word. We will not be bow down to the power of darkness and we will not take the easy route we will take the high road in the name of Jesus Christ it will take faith and belief and God it will take an absolute determination to trust you now minister and meet every need of every person here and we'll give you rejoicing and praise because of it in your name amen 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 come on let's sing everybody amen Man. And you cause wars to fall with your power. Come on, that's worship. You
2: perform miracles. And there is nothing. We believe it tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
0: heavenly father I believe that through the power of the Holy Spirit you will seal the deal in every person in their life of faith tonight devil we want you to know we preach the word of truth of which you're afraid of we declare our victory is found in and through the blood of Jesus Christ and by the word of our testimony And our testimony is saying you're a liar. You cannot hold anything over us but what God cannot remove and give us the victory. We declare it. Now God, we pray for our service on Wednesday night as we come to pray. And then we pray for Easter Sunday. That is a great, great day. I pray in your name that you begin to stir the hearts of family members, of those that we work with, of individuals that are our neighbors, and you begin to stir their heart and begin to stir their heart to say, boy, you need to go to church on Sunday. And then when they get here, let them meet the power of the Holy Spirit. Let them be filled with the uh, conviction of the love of God. Let there be something, God, that we cannot do. We are saying, God, it is all about you. And we're giving you the praise and the honor and the glory and everybody said amen god bless you love you everybody we're going to keep singing that song time or two thanks for being here oh,
1: he's a way maker. God, that is who you are, your promise still stands, great is your faithfulness. Still stands, your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness. I'm still in your hands tonight. I'm still in your hands. This is my confidence. You, You never, your promise still stands tonight. Your promise still stands That great is your faithfulness Faithfulness I'm still in your hands
2: I'm still in your hands This is my power Someone needs to declare that tonight from your mouth Oh, your promise still stands tonight Your promise You've never left me You've never forsaken me. Your faithfulness. Your faithfulness. Oh, Jesus, I'm still in your hands. This is my God.
1: presence in this place. Thank you for the word that pastor brought tonight. We pray that we would walk out stronger worshipers tonight to trust you like never before. Bring us back your Wednesday in Jesus name. Everybody said amen. We love you guys. We'll see you Wednesday. God bless you so much.